Welcome back to Faith FM. You've busted me. I've got a mouthful of food right now. Yeah, what's with that, Mon? Yeah, actually, Did you not have breakfast this morning? Well, I'm eating these. Uh, I made these. I've, devel- I've been developing this recipe, Lyle. It's called a brain bar. Oh, you need that. <laughs> Lyle Southwell. <laughs> but the thing is, I... um. I, uh, they're really sticky. They're much stickier than I than I thought. And as the days are going, they're getting stickier. And I just popped them in my mouth like three minutes ago. And it took me like a whole three minutes to get the whole thing out of my mouth. It was like a big peanut buttery ball. So it was all stuck to the, to the ceiling. And yeah, so I'm still a bit good right now. <laughs> like, but yeah. I'm, like, have, you actually, ever, have you ever fed your dog peanut butter? Oh, yeah. So hilarious. <laughs> so hilarious. They get it all stuck to the uh, inside of their mouth and the roof of their mouth. And then you put, they're you put laying it, on the ground with both paws in their mouth at once trying to get it to move. If you put it on their nose, like a little too far up their snout, and they have to try and lick it down, oh, it's so much fun you to watch. so mean. <laughs> but I'm actually really proud of this recipe, Lyle. I developed it myself. Okay. It's actually like, – because I, I was looking online for, um, you know, for some sort of food, you know, that involved nuts and seeds that's really good for brain health. And I just kept finding energy bars, you know, which are high in some sort of a sugar to give you all that energy. And I didn't want something that was going to be high energy. I just wanted something that was good for brain health. So I had to develop it myself for the end because it was nothing. So is your brain it's feeling better as a result amazing, of Amazing, Lyle. Can't you, you tell? You, you <laughs> <laughs> no. So no stuff ups on today's show whatsoever at all from Mon. The moment she stuffs up. We will tell her that Look, her, it might take a year her, of brain, her brain food there at the end of the table mm-hmm. has um, failed. I'll give you one. I flavor them three oh, different ways. Some My of them, brain will be sharp too. Some will be mint, some are ginger, and some are cinnamon. So they have all kinds of nuts and seeds like walnuts, pecans, Brazil nuts, hazelnuts, sesame Ooh, seeds. I love nuts. Yeah, you're going to like these then. Mm. Almond almond butter, yeah. My mouth is watering right now. Just thinking about <laughs> all that, I'm like, how am I going to talk about on the radio? I'm drooling. Hey, if you, and hey, if you're like worried about your brain health and, you know, because, you know, Alzheimer's, all that kind of stuff is just around the corner for a lot of us, give me a call. I'm very happy to share my brain bar recipe with well, you. Well, why don't you post this on, uh, on, on our social media? Hey, thoughts? why don't I? Yeah, I why don't you? Okay, coming up on social media, there will be a recipe for the most amazing brain food ever. Indeed. From Mon's Kitchen. Speaking of brains, yes. let's flex them with the quiz. Here it comes. Here's another obscure quiz. Okay, the last one was easy. Come on. How no. many How many years was did uh, with, with the Abraham's um, descendants enslaved? Yeah. Okay, so what number am I? Jacob was filled with fear because Esau was coming to meet him with this many <laughs> men. <laughs> I know the answer from how many clues have we got? There was one clue that I didn't know the answer to. The uh-huh. second one, I think it was. The second one. What was the second one? Gamaliel told how Theodos and you know, this I wouldn't have answered. I wouldn't have got that one. Yeah. Well, do you know what? The, the next clue, which is the last... The, clue, I, must have, I must say, these are... Um, these are. Well, the next obscure. clue is the last clue, and it's like more obscure than the rest of them. So, yeah. <laughs> having a very obscure quiz this morning. But I love it. It's great. Okay, you get... To, not only do you get a prize this morning if you answer this one, but you also get Bragging rights. Massive bragging rights. It's going to be a, 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 Can you just imagine heading off to church tomorrow and telling everyone you got this quiz right? And I also, of course, I put up the quiz on the social media so you can like even show your friends. You can send them the link and send them a snapshot and be like, hey, I got this quiz right. Check it out. 
Anyway, this morning we are diving back into the book of Acts. Yesterday we had a wonderful Bible study. One of our listeners sent in a question, and we do usually save up our questions for question of the day, which is about six-minute segment, but the question was so big. It came with it had nine, nine verses. Bible verses. And so we decided to take a day off Acts and do the entire Bible study on this listener's question of the day. And that was for a delayed broadcast listener. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, you have the you have the same opportunity. If you have a Bible question, and we don't care how small, how big, how insignificant, how stupid you might think it is, there's no such thing as stupid questions. The only stupid question is the one you don't ask. That's right. Give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. You can text it. The, the person who asked that other one texted it to us. It was, Zero, a, it was a long text message. It was a long text. <laughs> it, was a, it was an essay. 0491-064-669. Of course, any of our social medias, Faith FM Australia is our Facebook, and then Faith FM Live is our Twitter and our Instagram. And uh, and you can go ahead and ask any question you like. You never know. We might just end up using it for our Bible study. Okay, so back to the book of Acts with our 20 million movement. Mm-hmm. 20 million people all studying the same passage from the book of Acts today. Well, actually, we might be a little bit behind because of our uh, question the other day, but that's okay. We will catch up. Let's, let's go to Acts chapter 11, and we have been reading about the story of Cornelius. And, of course, Cornelius is a Gentile. He is an Italian. He has received the Holy Spirit. His whole household has received the Holy Spirit. They have been baptized. They have become Christians. This is a new thought for the Christian church. They, the church leader just is pretty much gobsmacked by it, like, what is going on here? This is the strangest thing ever. How is it possible that a Gentile could actually receive the Holy Spirit? How could a Gentile be saved? This is um, you know, very, very radical, radical stuff. But Peter has been very, very clearly showed not to call any man common or unclean. Mm. And that God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't look at one person any different from another. We are all human beings and we are all um, <coughs> here because of God's grace and have God's grace available to us for salvation. Amen. So we continue on with our story. Why don't you pick it up for us in verse 19 through 26, please, Mon. Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God, but only to Jews. However, some of the believers who went from Antioch to Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. The power of the Lord was with them, and a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. When the church at Jerusalem heard about what was happening, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It it was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. There you go. That's where we get our name from. That's where we get our name from. We get it from the city of Antioch. That's funny because I heard that Christians, it was was almost like an insult. Like, you know, it's Christ and then Christians, and they were sort of like mocking them. And then instead of... Instead of being offended, they're like, hey, that's a great name. Let's take that on board. 
That's well, there's every possibility that is the case. That is um, something that has um, happened um, many you know, times in history. Many, many times, times yeah. History, it even yeah. happened to, to my Bible class, actually, when I was at Bible college. Okay. Yeah, because I went to a Bible college. Um, it is written Evangelism College, mm-hmm. which uh, we called IWEC. Yep, it's the that's acronym. The acronym. Yeah, and you know we we used to call ourselves Iwesians. Uh-huh. And then one time we went and visited another Bible uh, college, and they were a little bit little bit sour about us being on their turf <laughs> and they used to refer to us as eyeweckers and we thought that was hilarious and so we started calling ourselves eyeweckers <laughs> i think they thought it was an insult but we kind of liked it <laughs> that's hilarious what did you call those guys uh we didn't call them anything we you were, we were, with, you we were civil <laughs> you should have come up with something creative now nah, so much more fun yeah, but it was it was it's kind like, of a tetchy situation, and we 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 didn't know that we were going to. It's like I was running two teams of Bible works Bible workers last year, and there was um, one team that um, was running out of Raymond Terrace, mm-hmm. and another team running out of Maitland, uh-huh. and um, the one running out of um, Raymond Terrace. We gave them the best name ever. What, what we what? called them the Terrasites. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's great. Oh, it's yeah, fun. it's awesome. The Terrasites. They've got a great church happening over there, Raymond Terrace Mission, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, look it up and head, o- head on over sometime if you get a chance. Um, lots of young people there, lots of exciting things happening. And, uh, yeah, Blake and Malvinas are over there. So, That's Malvinas. Right. I think we had a song by Malvinas yeah, this morning. We did. We did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, actually, do you know what? I just remembered you and I used to be part of uh, the, uh, the church in Marrickville in Sydney. And, uh, and our team of Bible workers were called the Marrickvillians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But here we have the Christians. The Christians. Which they probably thought was quite a good pun when it first started, but now, you know, it's just, just another word. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's a little bit different from, say, some of the other religions like Islam. You know what Islam means? No. Surrender. Oh, really? Yeah. That's actually quite nice. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. I, from that perspective, I am definitely Islamic. Because yeah. I believe in surrender to God. Me too. Total total surrender is what it actually means. Total, complete surrender. That's, it's really actually quite beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm Islamic as well then. Uh, Never would have thought I'd say that on radio this morning when I got up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going we're gonna to have that on record now and we're going to play that. Just that little short clip. <laughs> no, nothing else. When no, we advertise no the show. <laughs> That's right. We're going to create a scandal. All right. Back in a moment. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so we've got this whole situation here and we have the church is spreading like wildfire throughout the world and they have found that in a number of places uh, people have been preaching to Gentiles and this is a bit of a radical thought and they um, asked Barnabas to come and the church is going to send Barnabas out there to Antioch to check out what is going on. And when Barnabas gets to Antioch, he goes and who does he find? Uh, Saul. Saul. Who's still being called Saul? When's he changed to Paul already? Uh, probably in the next chapter, I think. Okay. But anyway, why do you think he goes and finds him? Because uh, he's heard he's a bit of a gun? Yeah, probably. Okay, so you've uh-huh. got this young guy. He's a lawyer. He is a brilliant lawyer. He's one of the best that there is. And he has um, been persecuting the church, and he's probably the most effective apologist that there is in Judaism against Christianity. He meets Jesus, mm-hmm. transforms his life. He preaches in you know the uh, in in the synagogue in Damascus, and people are deeply convicted by it. 
Then he goes to Arabia and he goes to Arabia to spend some time in prayer and study. He spends three years out there just resinking his whole brain in relationship to Christianity. And then it seems he spends a little bit of time in Jerusalem and then just heads home to Tarsus. Mm-hmm. Um, and Barnabas has been a part of this journey. Barnabas was the one who took him to the uh, disciples in Jerusalem and introduced him there. Barnabas knows he exists. Barnabas knows the talents that this individual by the name of Paul has. And, mm-hmm. he, and he sees in him tremendous um, potential for being a, an incredibly effective missionary. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, well, that's being wasted over there in Tarsus. Yeah. And so he goes and gets him and invites him to come back. And, you know, he was a little bit of a – you can understand that Paul was a little bit ostracized mm-hmm. and probably felt a little bit ostracized and a little bit on the outer because here he is an apostle. Mm-hmm. He has seen Jesus, but in a very different context to the rest of the apostles. Yes, and something that's going to play different. on his mind and actually play on his ministry for the rest of his life. And you're mm-hmm. going to find it coming through repeatedly in his letters where he's repeatedly making a defense of his apostleship because there's a bunch of people who go around saying, yeah, you know what? Discount apostle. He's a discount apostle. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. He's a um, part apostle. Yeah. He saw Jesus for, what, 30 seconds? The other apostles, well, they spent three years with him. Yeah, yeah. And it's not the, it's not the, um, it's not the other apostles that are saying this. Mm-hmm. is other Christians. Mm-hmm. Barnabas is not that kind of person. Barnabas is not the kind of person who has a, um, you know, he doesn't have an agenda against other people. He's just like, no, let's, let's, and, and this is why Barnabas is such a good person to send on this, on this mission trip to Antioch because he's going to be somebody who is going to be accepting of Paul. He's going to be accepting of the Gentiles. He, this is the kind of person he is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's the kind of person who just you know he brings people together. Yeah, <clears throat> and so we find that you know, and even when even when he goes on missionary trips, trips we're going to find this later on in the story of Paul, and uh, he doesn't you know, Paul Paul's a bit of can be an abrasive character. Yeah, and there's you know some of the young guys that take is like yep yeah, no. no no, John Mark, not, not having anything to do with him ever again. Mm-hmm. And Barnabas is like, no, no, we'll give him a second chance. Yeah. And we'll take him out again. Barnabas sounds like a real nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Paul is, uh, is, is another, um, another hothead, mm-hmm. different from Peter. Wild card, yep. He's another, he's, a, he's an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. He's a maverick. Mm-hmm. And you often find that these kind of people are not generally the gentle pastoral types that Barnabas was. Yeah. They're blazing trails and ruffling feathers as they do it. Yes. Mm -hmm. But what you often find is if you can find two people like this that can work together, you have the perfect combo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you got Paul and Barnabas, like in the great reformation of the 16th century, you have Luther and Melanchthon. Okay. You know, Luther was your, um, your your hot head. He was out there, as you say, blazing trails and mm-hmm. burning bridges mm-hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> just charging forward. And Melanchthon was softly spoken and well thought out and would stop and say, well, you know, let's um, stop and think about this and let's take you know, all of this into consideration. And he would come and soothe the ripples. Yep, smooth yeah. it all down uh-huh. and say, okay, you know, this, and, and he'd give people a second chance. And, yeah, he was, he was somebody who you know, was deeply affected by the power of the gospel. Mm-hmm. He recognized that Jesus had given him a second chance mm-hmm. and he wasn't so quick to write people off. It's, it's amazing how God can bring people together that work well together and, you know, iron sharpens iron. They can bring incredible teams of ministry together. It's just, it, yeah, it, it makes me love Jesus even more. Mm, that, you know, mm. he can, 
see characters and see how they work well together. And, you know, the whole situation that comes up a little bit further on, we'll talk about it when we get there, but with John Mark where, you know, Paul doesn't want to have anything to do with him again because this guy's just a, like he's a, such a wuss. You know, it's like forget this guy. As soon as, the, as soon as it got going, he just bolted. Yeah. Um, and Barnabas takes him out on another missionary trip and, the, and, and you know, it's a very sharp disagreement between the two and Barnabas takes him again and, you know, Paul is like, no, no, never not taking that guy again. But then later Paul's like, yeah, no, actually I was really wrong. Yeah. He, he, he was he not. He eat humble pie. He had to eat humble pie, but he ate it. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a, a good thing that Paul did. Yeah, so it almost sounds like uh, Saul or Paul, he's uh, he's gone home to Tarsus, like he feels like he has nothing to do. And so Barnabas goes and gets him here in this verse. He's like, oh, no, 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 you're not going to go home and sit there and twiddle your thumbs now that you've had this experience. We're going to put you to work kind of a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's continue reading. Let's go over to Acts chapter 12 now. Mm-hmm. And let's have the first four verses of that and let's see what the reaction is to the spread of the gospel. So basically what's happened is persecution has broken out through... Paul, Saul, that has caused Christianity to spread because Christianity has been largely driven out of Jerusalem. And, uh, yeah, what happens here? About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle, sorry, that's a little bit cute. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Okay, let's stop there and let's uh, consider what is taking place here. Why do you think it is that Herod has placed Peter in such a high-security prison? Hasn't Peter escaped from prison before? Yeah, he has a bit of a reputation, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. As an escape artist. Yeah. <laughs> so now he wants him on absolute lockdown. The Sanhedrin has, has arrested Peter in the past, and it's like, yeah, okay, we're not going to let this guy out. Uh, what? How does the church respond? Uh, they start praying very earnestly. Absolutely. Straight to their knees. And, you know, I tend to think that that's a really, really good thing to be doing, but it's probably something that I wouldn't be doing because I'm the kind of person who uh, is like, yeah, yeah, let's pray, but um, actually let's sit down and scheme a jailbreak. Yeah. <laughs> Lyle. Yeah. You know, too often True, we, under, we underestimate the power mm-hmm. of prayer. It's that's like, right. yeah, yeah, prayer's a good thing, but let's do something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. We and run ahead of the Lord. I know I know that, um, you know, I, I definitely tend to be that kind of person and it's not, it's not necessarily a good thing. But he is in a very high security situation. So he's under four squads of four soldiers. So that's 16 soldiers that are guarding one man. That's a lot. One fisherman. One fisherman. (laughs) What do you put it like that? (laughs) He's just your friendly local bogan fisherman. That's all he is. And yet there are four squads of four soldiers. And basically what it is, is you've got this massive fortress that has been built by Herod the Great on the end of the temple complex. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just, this is an enormous building and enormously powerful. And you you can imagine just, you know, a huge castle right there. And, you know, he's taken him to the innermost, 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 innermost dungeon. So there are four sets of gates that Peter has to get through to get out of that prison. Mm. Not only that, what we find is that when he places him in prison, he chains him. 
You know, normally you chain a person to the ground. Well, he's chained to the ground as well as being chained to two guards. Really? Oh, yeah. Far so anytime, anytime you roll over in the middle of the night. Everyone wakes up. Everyone wakes up. The, 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 the chains are going to clink and clank oh, and move around. And, uh, you know, he's, he's you know, condemned to die the next day because, you know, Herod just killed James. He's like, oh, this went well. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves me now. Mm-hmm. And political leaders like to be loved by their people. It's like, everybody loves me. Okay, I'll kill Peter too. Yeah. And, of course, James was the first of the apostles to be martyred for his faith. Mm-hmm. And all of them end up being martyred except for John who dies of old age. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was there was an attempt made on his life. He was thrown in a pot of boiling oil. Ooh. It had no effect on him. Wow. Really, that's why he, got, he was sent to Patmos. They figured he couldn't do any damage on Patmos. Well, he wrote the book of Revelation there. Hey. Anyway, this is Stones of Eden with Walk Among the Trees.
Well, that was Brad and Donna Horn from Stones of Eden with Walk Amongst the Trees here on Faith FM. And, of course, we were talking to Donna Horn a few minutes ago um, about the subject of autism and what it's like to uh, be a mother of uh, and, and raise an autistic child and some of the challenges that she was facing and how we, you know, can uh, be there to support and uh, help people with autism. Yeah, Stones of Eden, by the way, because before you said Stones of Fire. Yeah, what was I thinking? Just letting you know that you made a mistake on it. You did have to say that, didn't you? (laughs) Yes. And speaking of uh, making mistakes and fuzzy brains, this is our last Mon does not have a fuzzy brain today because she's eating brain food. Brain. I'm eating special brain food. I've made it myself. And she's going to post a recipe. I am. I am. Yep. So, and you know, the reason I did this, um, that recipe is because like, I know that eating walnuts is good for your brain health and that kind of thing, but I'm not a huge nut fan. And so I figured if I could also make them tasty and then oh, also just nuts. sort of get them down in one hit kind of a thing. Oh, I love so, so it's much. almost like a, it's almost, to me, it's almost like a taking a, popping a pill or taking some medicine, just got to get it down. But these are, I have to admit, super delicious. For someone who is not a huge nut fan, mm-hmm. these are great. I don't think there's any nuts I don't like. Oh, you really? Know, you know what? Actually, I don't mind um, apricot kernels. Oh, really? Mm. I don't know that I've ever eaten one. They're very Bitter. Oh, I love and bitter. Apricot, you know, like bitter apricot food. essence kind of thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, so good. <laughs> Let me give you the final clue for our quiz. Man, this is a hard one. What number am I? Abraham purchased a field in Machpelah <laughs> oh, this is the- for this number of shekels. <laughs> How many shekels did Abraham pay for his field That's in Machpelah? That's supposed to be the last clue. That's supposed to be the easiest <laughs> no, clue. Right. I have no idea the answer to that one. <laughs> so what was it? How many clues? We got five or six. We got five clues and they're all oh, so obscure. <laughs> we have five clues out of the five. I'm, there was two that I didn't know. Uh-huh. Oh, because usually it. after the first couple, it gets easier and easier yeah, and easier. Yeah. And easier. Okay. This you have, okay, you have, you have serious bragging rights if you can answer mm-hmm. this clue, mm-hmm. this question on the quiz. On the next segment, I will <coughs> actually go through all five clues again because they're all really hard. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. the easiest one is how, how, long was, um, how long were the Israelites in Egyptian captivity? Yeah, how long were they mm-hmm. enslaved? Yeah. Okay, so back to Acts chapter 12. Yes. Oh, this is like the best story ever. This is so funny. This is hilarious. So Peter's been in prison. He's like seriously he's chained in, he's up. He's in Supermax. He, yeah, he's in Supermax. He's got 16 uh, guards. He's been chained to two other guards. He's chained to the floor. He's not going anywhere. He's got two guards at the door. Then there's other doors, another four guards there, another doors, four guards there, another set of doors, four guards there. He is in the very innermost part of this massive castle at the north end of the, uh, of the temple complex. But... No, the Western end. But the church is praying very earnestly for him, the Bible says. Ah, and what happens when they pray? Well, what kind of a prison could possibly stand against prayer? Come on now. Okay, from verse 6. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains he between two what? soldiers. He was sleeping, having okay. a little snooze. Yeah, yeah, the, as, as you do the day before you are executed, right? Uh-huh, that's right. <laughs> Others stood guard. It's at as the you p- do when you have confidence in Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, right. Your sleep is sweet. Uh, others, other, other guards stood at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, Get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. The angel left to tell him to do everything here. I know, he's probably stunned. Yeah, he's like, what's going on going, here? Like, and the angel's like, okay. 
stand up. <laughs> his chains fall off. I'm like, ooh. And he's like, okay, put your shoes on. This <laughs> is kind of like a little put, kid, put, right? Put your coat on now. I mean, come on, Peter, get it together. Because Peter's just like, what on earth is happening here? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, have we okay. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. He passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city, and this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angels and saved me from Herod and from what, what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. <laughs> when he realized this. You've got to love this story. You've got to love this story. It's like he is walking down the street before he realizes, no. I'm not a dream. I'm, I'm not sleepwalking. You, know, you, you can just imagine Peter pinching himself. Yeah, like, exactly. Pinch, 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 pinch. This is not a pinch. dream. <laughs> no, this is not a dream. When he realized it was real, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark. Oh, it just gets better. Where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate and a servant girl named Rhoda came okay, okay, to okay, open gotta it. Okay, I'm going to stop you right here. Uh-huh. When I was in high school, we had a good friend named Rhoda. She was one of our, our classmates. Mm-hmm. And we used to give her so much curry about the story <laughs> right here. We, we used to, it was terrible. We, we used to tell her she was a ditz. <laughs> yeah, but you have a ditz here, right? The, 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 the biblical Rhoda is a ditz. Our friend at school was not a ditz, but this girl is a ditz. So Rhoda came to open the door. When she recognized Peter's voice... Okay, stop there for a moment. Uh-huh. I want you to notice what happens here. This is the middle of the night. Middle of the night. Someone knocks on the door in the middle of the uh-huh. night. What do you do, Mon? Do you just wander out there and... No. Dressing gown and slippers and open the door? Uh, there would be dressing gown and slippers involved, but I wouldn't open the door so quickly, no. No, you would, you would ask... Yeah, who there? Who's there? Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've, had, I've had people knock on my door in the middle of the night. In fact... I had some people knock on my door in the middle of the night and I'm like, who is it? <coughs> it was like 11.30 at night, something like this. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're just broken down outside. We've got a flat tire. Can you give us a hand? And it's like somebody I'd never known. And I'm like, mm, yeah, why not? Wow. So go it's back. very trusting. It was the middle of summer, so I've thrown on a pair of shorts and go to give them a hand. And someone at the door I've never met before. Anyway, I walk out and just as I get past the garage, there's like, Ten people with water guns. He <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> just got blasted. <laughs> <Sucked> in, Lyle. <laughs> and then, and then Harley, who was laying in bed, my oldest son was laying in bed awake, mm-hmm. and there happened to be just at the end of the garage, there happened to be a water gun sitting on our trailer that was full of water, ready to go, that had just randomly been left there. He hears it from the other end of the house, divine what's going on, <laughs> goes tearing through the house in the middle of the million miles an hour grabs this water gun without even thinking and these people are just stunned that like we've given three, three squirts and we're getting returned fire already <laughs> how could this be happening <laughs> oh that sounds like fun yeah well Rhoda Rhoda has a bit of a conniption when she hears this door knock okay. she says she was but she hears Peter's voice she does yes. and she recognises so, so that's it. the point where you open the door right You'd think. You'd think. You'd think. She was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. Oh, yes, because we've been praying for Peter to be released from prison and the Lord has answered our prayers, so you must be out of, our, out of yeah. your mind, right? But when she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door... It wasn't his angel. His angel was long gone. He'd left already. They were amazed when they he, saw he him. He let him out of prison. Now he'd gone back to heaven. He motioned for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had led him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers what happened, he said, and then he went to another place. 
At dawn, there was a great commotion among the soldiers about what happened to Peter. Herod Agrippa ordered a thorough search for him. When he couldn't be found, Herod interrogated the guards and sentenced them to death. Yeah, okay, so you know that these guards were not conspiring together. Yeah, no. um, To let Peter out because... Um, you, you've got, when you've got the death penalty, when someone's in Supermax and you've got the death penalty for not letting them out, you know that this was this was not a conspiracy here amongst the guards. Mm-hmm. This was a supernatural event that Absolutely. has taken place. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <coughs> but, um, yeah, I just love this story because, like, yeah, we're, oh, no, I couldn't possibly. The Lord could not possibly have answered our prayers. Yeah, we've been praying earnestly all day, all night. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that couldn't possibly be. But this is the God we serve. We serve a God who answers prayers, who hears our prayers. Absolutely. And I like this story because sometimes I feel like I'm the people in the house. Mm-hmm. And when I read this, because sometimes I think, oh, you know, back then they were they were, had so much faith. I'm like, yeah, no, they were real people just like me. Yeah, absolutely. And But know, we, have, we have a God who answers prayer. Indeed. We're going to have a song. This is Intimate Worship, Dwell in His Grace. Flow like a river, fall like the rain. Streams of compassion flow from His throne, wide as the ocean, deep as the sea. Life-giving fountain is God's love for me. Flow like a river, fall like the rain. Streams of compassion flow from His throne, wide as the
Guys, uh, just before that little ad there, we were uh, listening to Dwell in His Grace here on Faith FM. Lyle, let me quickly run you through every single clue on this crazy, obscure quiz because no one's picked it oh, up. Oh, come on. And it's, it's not very that hard. hard. Okay, listening. Don't interrupt. Let the people hear it. Dig your Bibles shh, out, guys. Shh. What number am I? Elijah challenged this many prophets of Asherah who ate at Jezebel's table. Gamaliel told how Theodos and this many of his followers came to nothing because they were not of God. The Lord told Abraham that his descendants would be enslaved for this many years. Jacob was filled with fear because Esau was coming to meet him with this many men. Abraham purchased the field in Machpelah for this number of shekels. <laughs> yeah. I you've all, you've heard of, you all heard of Bible Gateway, right? Bible, yes. <laughs> Come on, guys. Jump on the website. <clears throat> Look it all up. The answers are all there. Speaking of answers, it is time for question of the day. Lyle, we got a cue for you. Okie doke, here it comes. What are the shield of faith and the fiery darts? Ah, okay. All right. So let's um, go to Ephesians chapter 6 where the Bible talks about this. And the Bible tells us that there is more than just a shield of faith. Oh, there is? So obviously if you're going to go into battle, body armor is a really, really good thing to have and to carry with you. Um, (coughs) And so... Uh, we use body armor today. They used body armor back then. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 and verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so here in this particular passage, we find that you know we're at war against Satan, and you can't do that. You can't win that battle. You are a human. He is one of the most or the most powerful angel, pretty much, that God ever made. Mm. And so you're, not, you're going to lose that battle. So the Bible says you need to put on armor. If you're going to go into this battle, you need to wear some armor. And if you put on the armor of God, then you are going to be able to withstand. <clears throat> it goes on. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, not just the shield, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand having your loins or your waist um, clothed with truth and having on the breastplate or the armor, uh, the, the bulletproof vest in today's language, of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So have some good boots on your feet, the gospel of peace. Uh, where are we up to? Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We're going to come back to that. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So you need a helmet and you need a weapon as well. And when we read through this, this is what modern soldiers wear when they go into battle today. Not much has changed over the last few thousand years. The sword may be a little bit more potent than what it was, Mm. but uh, still the same kind of concept. Now, when Paul uses this kind of imagery, he's talking about the different aspects of our Christian experience that we need to have as a part of our life to be able to withstand the devil. The Bible says the devil is going around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, it says in the old uh, King James Version, or looking for who he can destroy. And if you're going to go lion hunting, you need to go prepared. You know, you don't go lion hunting and just go wander out in the bush like, yeah, I'm going to go and scruff hold of that lion over there and wring his neck. No, you're not going to do that. He is going to tear you apart. The Bible says that you need to be prepared. And so uh, particularly looking at the question here, the Bible says uh, the shield of faith. Faith is so critical to our Christian experience. Faith is where we reach out and grab hold of the promises of God and thereby we grab hold of the power of God to come into our lives. If we don't believe in God, if we if we don't trust God, if we come to God and say, hey, I'd love you to help me, but I don't believe that you can, then that is not faith. A little bit like the man, I think his name was Blondin, if I, get, if I remember it correctly, who used to walk across a tightrope across the Niagara Falls. And sometimes he'd push a wheelbarrow across and one time he stands up and he says, who here in the crowd believes I can push a wheelbarrow across this tightrope? And everyone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he says to the man in front of me, okay, you've got your hand up, get in the wheelbarrow. Hmm. That's when you find out whether you have faith or not. Mm. Because if you really believed it, why would you be scared? You'd have nothing to be scared of whatsoever at all. <clears throat> I can tell you right now, I wouldn't be getting in that wheelbarrow, but if Jesus was pushing it, that would be a different thing. And that's where faith becomes a reality so that you can do amazing things. To quench the fiery darts of the devil. There are many fiery darts of the devil. I have uh, um, some that come to mind that I like to call the devil's devouring D's. And so you've got discouragement. You've got disputes. You've got um, uh, deception. There's a whole bunch of you know fiery darts that Satan is going to try and throw at you on a constant basis 
to get you sidetracked, to get you off the path and to devour you. And it's by faith in God that you are able to gain the victory over all of these fiery darts. We're going to move on at this particular time and we're going to listen to uh, Torin Wells, Hills and Valleys. You're listening to Faith FM. Away. And I felt the pain of heartbreak And I've seen the brighter days And I've prayed prayers to heaven From my lowest place And I have held your blessings God, you give and take away No matter what I have, your grace is
That was Torin Wells with Hills and Valleys here on Faith FM. We have come to the end of the breakfast show and at the end of every breakfast show we get to give something away and today we are giving something away for the kids. Something yes. that I grew up on, something that my dad grew up on, something that uh, maybe his dad, no, doesn't go back that far. Mm, we don't know but we... we um, and of course this is the modern version of it. Yeah, this is a great book. You know, we would we had our Donna um, Horn on uh, on the show earlier today, interviewing her about her autistic son and uh, and the struggles that she has as a as a mother, as a super mum here in today's society. And of course, we decided, you know what? Let's give away something to the kids, to the mums who are listening. Now is your time. Give us a call. Get on that phone, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. We're the first person to call through. And we're going to send you um, a large print, large format copy of the storybook, uh, which is just a beautiful book. <coughs> Full of character building stories for children. Oh, just the most beautiful stories, uh, little short stories all the way through, um, illustrated, colourful, just gorgeous, and, of course, written by um, Arthur S. Maxwell, very famous ch- um, children's writer. Greatest storytellers of modern times. Yes, indeed. So uh, this was first uh, published in 1964. There you go. So, yeah. 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 So, yep. yeah. I guess maybe your great grandfather. I don't know. Today. No, nah, my dad grew up on it. I grew up on it. My kids grew up on it. Yeah, so it's got about 20. Your twi- kids can grow up on it. It's got about 20s, 20 stories in it. The book is just gorgeous. a shorter gorgeous. version. We, we had like um, five or six volumes of them. Yeah, you, in you hardcover. There's, there's, um, he, he does a um, bigger series and like lots yeah. of books. But this is a, this is a soft copy. A soft copy. It's about an A4 size book, so it's quite a large one. Yeah, magazine and, uh, format. Yeah, call us kind now and we will send that to you free of charge. Kids will love it. On the front cover, there's a galloping horse with two boys and their, and their dog galloping through a meadow. So it's a great book. And don't forget, if you'd like to know more about the Bible, give us a call and we will set you up with a Bible study course somewhere in your area so that you can learn more about what the Bible has to say. We love you guys. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow.
To show the wonder of your love, oh Lord Give your ear to my prayer from enemies you saved Those who hide in you Keep me as the apple of your eye Hide me in the shadow 